Welcome to Church Folks, the new podcast where we interview folks from our church community about who they are and what God is doing in their lives. I'm Zach Dunlap, pastor of multi-site at Birmingham and Berkeley First. Throughout the Bible, people are encouraged to bear witness to what they have seen and heard. Continuing in that tradition, this podcast offers a forum for people to get to know one another and be inspired. Our hope is that the stories of these church folks empower you to share your stories, to inspire others, and to be a part of beloved community together. Last week was part one in a two-part conversation with my colleague and wonderful wife, Pastor Rachel Dunlap. You're listening to part two. It was a very brief engagement. Rachel and I met and married in the same calendar year, 2008, and I was out of the country for literally half of that time. If someone came to me um, and told me that that was their game plan, I would tell them it was a terrible idea. We don't encourage the youth to do such things. (laughs) (laughs) But in our case, it's worked out beautifully. Yes, for sure. Um, Zach, since we're talking about each of our calls, I would love to hear about your call. So I uh, had wanted to be a history teacher. If you would have asked me when I was a kid or or even you know early in high school or whatever, um, I have always loved history. I've always loved antiques and historic preservation. And I think teachers really have an opportunity to make a difference. I mean, who among us hasn't had a teacher that has really like impacted their lives? And so I had wanted to be a history teacher and away at a camp experience, actually. I mean, geez, thinking about it, so much of my life has um, been shaped in some of those mountaintop experiences of camp ministry. But um, away at camp, um, I was at a retreat called Imago Day, Image of God, and there was an altar call kind of thing. And I don't usually go down to like altar calls. I think oftentimes people go down to be seen by others rather than to be seen by God. But I felt led to go down. And so I went down and I took off my shoes and I was crying out to God on my knees saying, God, show me what you want me to do with my life, which was kind of weird because I had a game plan. I knew what I wanted to do with my life, but I had never really considered, God, what do you want me to do? And there I was and the band was playing and the speaker was praying and I felt God say to my heart, not in an audible voice, but in that voice that comes from within without being your own, I want you to go into the ministry. And not that I needed any more confirmation, but right then the speaker said, God, I feel that right now in this room, there are young men and women being called into the ministry. And so I knew from that moment on that I was going to spend my life in some sort of vocational ministry. Now, all of us are called. Each and every person on the face of the earth is called by God. First and foremost, we are called into a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Secondly, we are called to go, to serve, to love, to make disciples, to tell the good news of what Jesus has done. But then there are secondary callings that we get um, at particular times in our lives. And some people don't get any secondary callings. And some people get ones that last for a lifetime or just those little kind of nudges that say, hey, 
talk to that person in the grocery checkout line, see how they're doing. Um, those are callings also, those little promptings or nudges on our heart. Um, but I knew in that moment that I was going to spend my life in some sort of vocational ministry, and it was a process of following, opening, and closing doors to discern what that was going to be. And so um, doing youth ministry was a piece of that. Doing international mission work was a piece of that. And once I had the opportunity to preach, I really found that to be an area of giftedness. And even though I didn't grow up United Methodist, I kind of sunk down roots into this denomination as a preacher and then a pastor. And now I get the joy of of being a pastor alongside my wife, Rachel, as um, we serve as part of the pastoral team of Birmingham and Berkeley First. That's true. We do. What was it like when you experienced that call, when you felt God speaking to you and you realized that your plans were not in line with God's and he that God had this whole different path for you. I honestly have never really thought about it. Hmm. I'm not a very reflective individual. (laughs) Like, I think if God lays something on your heart, then that's the end of the conversation. Um, Look at the story of Jonah in the Bible, right? Like you can resist God, but it's not going to work out well. Um, So for me, it was not a matter of like, if I would, do that but like okay so what is this going to look like and that continues to be an evolving process you know i don't think any of us has fully reached um the point of being who or where god wants us to be yeah i would agree with that i would say if we're at that point already then um probably we're not quite looking at it clearly yeah yeah or we're dead and are already in glory (laughs) yeah But being that we are still walking this earth, this beautifully broken land, um, we're not there yet. Um, God is still working on us and in us and through us. And, you know, recently I um, have had to come to grips with the need to be present in the moment. Mm. I tend to be a planner. I like to kind of map out like, hey, three years, five years, 20 years from now, where do we want to be? And then start figuring out how to get from here to there. And God has just kind of been laying on my heart the need to be present in the moment and to ask, you know, God, what do you want me to do today? To wake up in the morning and pray and say, God, show me a way that I can share your love and your story today. And then to do it that day. You know, one day, one step, one choice at a time. And if we do that consistently, over the course of, let's say, five years, then five years from now, I will wake up and I will be where God wants me to be and be closer to the person God wants me to be also. Um, And that might involve nothing that I would even have on my radar today. But if we consistently follow God each day, God will lead us where God wants us to be. I find that interesting that you say that you're kind of being aware more of this need to be present because very often I am the detailed person in our marriage. Absolutely. And you are the vision caster and we kind of roll with that. You've got the big dreams and I get the business done to get that dream accomplished. Um, 
at least when it comes to rounding up the four kids, for sure. Yeah, you you actually like <laughs> make dreams reality. I like oh, that's really nice. This, this uh, kind of like abstract realm sometimes, and and you actually uh, get shit done. Quite frankly, well, our our gifts, our spiritual gifts, really uh, attest to that. Our qualities and traits that the Holy Spirit has given us allow us to live in those realities and navigate and negotiate. And maybe that's why we early on saw how well we were able to do ministry better together. You know, you mentioned spiritual gifts. And um, so for those who don't know, um, my specific role at uh, Birmingham and Berkeley First um, began as really the Berkeley campus pastor and now is morphing into like the pastor of multi-site as we continue to look beyond Birmingham and Berkeley first to continue to um, reach people and make disciples in new communities and everything as well as part of the same church together. Um, Rachel's role is as the pastor of adult discipleship across our campuses. And um, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about their spiritual gifts? That's awesome. If you would like to get a hold of me, go ahead and Connect me with me via email at rdunlap at berkeleyfirst.org. Uh, or you can connect with me at rdunlap at fumcbirmingham.org. Either of those emails go to me. Um, and so if people just say, hey, I want to know more about my spiritual gifts. Yeah. Spiritual gifts are not just something that God gives to pastors. Spiritual gifts are something that God gives through the Holy Spirit to each and every every believer. And so if you are following Christ, you have gifts, and those gifts are meant to be put to use um, for really the good of the world, the building up of the body. Um, You are a leader, and you have been uniquely gifted to be a part of God's work in this world. So shoot Rachel an email and uh, inquire about that if that's something you'd like to learn more about. Ray, can you also tell us a bit about uh, what discipleship looks like at Birmingham and Berkeley First? Yeah, discipleship is a journey. It's that process of maturing in your faith and growing closer in your knowledge and love for who Christ is and what Christ did for you. Um, There are six different areas that we as a church break down discipleship so it's easier to process and learn and grow and focus. Uh, Worship, which we would say is on Sunday mornings, typically, um, unless you're viewing worship online, which... So online or in person, engaging in worship. Yep. Studying scripture, so being involved in some kind of a small group where you're reading the Bible and um, engaging God's word. Prayer, service, being invitational, and then giving. So each of those six areas are areas that each of us can grow stronger. So if you're somebody who is exploring their faith, you're just kind of like trying to figure out what each of these areas are and what it means and um, how it even influences you or applies to you, then we would say that you're exploring in your faith. If you are asking really great questions and seeking out who Jesus is, then you are seeking Christ. And if you are growing in any of these areas and you have some 
regular or even irregular um, routines set in place involving worship, study, prayer, service, invitation, and giving, then we would consider that your discipleship journey, um, you are growing in Christ. And for folks who are mature in each of those areas, we are trying to equip folks to be mentors. Um, And for me, that's a really fun thing that I get to develop, a program I get to develop where I'm taking these mature Christians and saying, hey, who in your community, who do you interact with that you can kind of take under your wing and help guide in your life process, your journey, your experiences in um, how you came to be a Christian and um, how you learned how to love. So I love that kind of our discipleship journey moves from exploring to seeking to growing to maturing. And, and all of those are active processes Uh, We never reach a point where we are fully grown, where we are fully mature. We are continuing to grow. We are continuing to mature over the course of our lifetime. And like Pastor Rachel said, we're we're helping others join in that process as well. Um, I don't know if it's possible to really be a disciple of Jesus if you are not in some way, shape, or form actively trying to make disciples of Jesus, that our our faith is inherently not only inward-focused on our own personal transformation, but outward-focused on making a difference in the world and seeing others' lives transformed through Jesus Christ. Yeah, for me, being a disciple, it's about digging into the messy stuff of life with other people. It is completely relational, um, but focusing on who Christ is and what Christ has done and what Christ did, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when I say living through the messiness of life, like, man, you can get thrown some curveballs sometimes, but knowing that... Other people are walking alongside you and Christ is alongside you and together, you know, you can get through it because you, at least in my experiences, knowing that God's love, grace and mercy are unchanging and everlasting and knowing that somebody next to me supports, you know, understands where I'm at, understands who I am and also has lived through messiness of life, has lived experience in um, a growing faith of who God is and is supporting me. Also, like it just is, it's great. And I want to do that for other people. I want to come alongside other people and, um, you know, help equip them, help to give them the tools to learn more about who God is and to grow in their faith understanding um, and to be able to open up scripture and say, wow, this is what this is saying. And this is how I can apply it to my life. And um, I think that's exciting. I'm hearing a real like relational kind of community focus and, at least in my experience, it seems like one of the places I've grown most as a uh, disciple, as a follower of Jesus, is in 
relational existence with other people. Um, and so, um, yes, the discipleship journey, you know, we named that at Birmingham and Berkeley first as including the elements of worship, study, prayer, service, invitation, and giving or generosity. But really that, that group aspect of being a part of a study group um, where the point is not just the material and, and, you know, maybe you're like opening the Bible and just reading the Bible together. Maybe you're doing some sort of study book or guide or other um, curriculum. But the point of it isn't even really that. The point of it is the relationships that are built over time and how you can encourage each other, sharpen each other, help hold each other accountable, be with each other in like the good times and the bad. Rachel, how could people find out more about some of the groups that we offer at Birmingham and Berkeley First? All of our small groups and journey groups are listed on our websites. For the Birmingham campus, look at fumcbirmingham.org. And for our Berkeley campus, check out berkeleyfirst.org. Was there anything else in particular you wanted to talk about? Yeah, so why are you so excited about missions? What is it about missions that gets you excited? At our Birmingham campus, there's this beautiful rose window. And in the center of that stained glass window is is the Lamb of God um, representing Jesus Christ. And around it, it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And I think this notion of going is essential to the process of Christian formation. Good news is meant to be shared. I mean, if you, like, got a really, really good deal on a brand new car or even a pair of shoes at the discount store or whatever <laughs> that's you more would my tell style someone about it right <laughs> you would say oh my gosh look at these shoes i got oh they were actually 59.99 but i got them for 14 bucks on the clearance rack you'd be so excited you'd want to tell everybody about it um holy smokes how much better is the good news that we have in jesus death is dead sin is defeated there is life to the full here and now and life eternal hereafter. Um, we don't have to just exist in life, moving through like this fog of mindlessness and uselessness. No, God has purpose for each of us. There is love, there is hope, there is joy, there is peace that you can have access to in Christ. Why wouldn't we want to share that good news with the world? I think that um, oftentimes Christians are good at doing international mission work, but not necessarily great at uh, seeing our own backyards as a mission field. Um, but we do live in our greatest mission field. Um, and that doesn't mean that our neighbors and friends and family members are projects or are uh, you know, something to be conquered for Christ, nothing like that at all. But they are wonderful creations of God, wonderful children of God to be known and to be loved. And they have needs and wants and hopes and dreams. And when we can share our stories and listen to their stories 
and look for those points of intersection between our stories and God's great grand story for all the world, the story of redemption through Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what it's about. And so um, there are a few things that I will almost always say yes to. And one of those is an opportunity to preach, especially if it's preaching in a new context. I want to uh, follow that command of Jesus to go into all the world and preach the gospel unto all creation. Friends, we have good news to share. Rachel, together we have four kids, two rescue dogs, two full-time jobs as pastors. Um, how do you stay sane? Yeah, I try very hard to spend some time daily, even if it's just reading one scripture verse on the Bible gateway word of the day. I try to spend time every single day um, in the presence of God. Sometimes it really is just praying while I am getting ready for the day. Sometimes I actually have like a whole hour in the house is quiet, probably because Jed has scissors and is cutting things up. <laughs> and, uh, but either reading scripture, praying, spending time journaling, one of those things or all of those things combined really helps me to stay sane. And then I also drink a lot of coffee. God is good. Coffee helps. <laughs> This has been a blast. Thanks for having me come on. Hey, it's awesome serving alongside you and being married to you. God is up to good things, my sister, my bride. You make me smile every single day. That concludes this episode of Church Folks. It was fun going back and forth with Rachel, and I hope you got something to take away from our conversation. Remember that you too are called and equipped to be about God's good work in this world. Take time this week to be a part of beloved community, grow in your faith, and share your stories. Peace.